One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Monday Night Raw, but also SmackDown, <laughs> NXT 2.0, oh. AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week completes with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. I thought this episode was absolutely fantastic. Do you want to know why? Because I don't have to watch any more Raw for the rest of the year. Yahoo! <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've got a situation developing here with my elbow. Right. Sorry? It's so itchy. Is there a bite? Well, it's something like that. It's either a bite or an itch or like a skin condition. An ituation. An ituation. All I want to do is itch it, but what happens if I itch it too much? Like Thursday, Friday guy is going to really, really hate Tuesday guy for exacerbating a problem that Tuesday guy could just simply ignore. This, I'm not doing a bit. I am a bit. But I have more sensation in my elbow now than I experienced watching ostensible escapist (laughs) television to which I was just bleary-eyed and numb watching this bollocks. It was a horrible show in two ways. (laughs) Creatively, it was just like, this is absolutely rubbish. They've annihilated any potential interest in the main event scene They've made two people look like complete cocks, one of which was actually at one point in this build somewhat likely to take the title because he was on telly all the time. He's just a tosser. Now they're all tossers. And it was so mean-spirited on top of that. <laughs> like, the baby faces on the show got absolutely nuked. My ass elbow, man. I can't deal with it, man. Yeah, I, um, I like this raw about as much as it's possible to like a role, which is barely at all. <laughs> um, it was not, I didn't I didn't find myself as if, like, I don't know, as critical as Cedric is maybe about what we saw, but then maybe it's because it's WWE, you're, you're numb. It's impossible to watch the main roster and really love it or hate it because everything that there is to hate, you've spent the last few years hating. There was that first time that you really hated this thing, you couldn't believe they'd done. And then they just do it over and over again. You become numb to it, you become numb to it. That's kind of the same when you're enthusiastic about stuff as well. Whatever you like, it's just like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, I might have liked it in the moment, but it's not going to be relevant in a week or two. I didn't hate the show-long storyline mm-hmm. very much, in spite of enormous 
plot holes and the massive compromising of significant characters. I just quite liked watching it play out. And my favourite thing in WWE remains in a little office on a Monday night. And long may that continue. <laughs> in his little quiet voice, in his little broken brain. <laughs> This was the perfect go-home show for me for day one. Go I home. I know literally going home. I know there's like weeks of television to come, but I was like, cool, see you all at day one. <laughs> I'll watch that. I will probably watch that. But I am, I am no I'm desire. I'm here with this. I have no desire to uh, to revisit this in the in the interim. No. I was like, well, you've got the, I've got the women's match. I've got the Fatal 4-Way. See you at day one. Mm. Let's start at the beginning of the show. We had a recap of the previous week's cage match, which, of course, ended with Big E winning, but then uh, Bobby Lashley getting involved and beating the crap out of everyone. Uh, MVP and Bobby Lashley come out. Bobby Lashley looked like an absolute beast in that suit. Uh, and MVP, MVP says last week is what happens when have you... Have they pay? Have they pay? Uh, <laughs> Versus. Shout out to Ben It says... Uh, Ontavious Porter. <laughs> This is what happens when you disrespect Lashley. Uh, he calls him Candyman, saying that if you utter his name, he'll show up and bad things will happen. Uh, he says, this generation of superstars have an issue with respect. Guys like Rollins. They're all the same age. Guys like <laughs> Rollins and Owens coming out, whining, complaining, backstabbing, doing whatever it takes to get a title shot. Lashley doesn't complain or whine. He simply makes statements. It is imperative that he is added to the day one pay-per-view because there is no better way to start off the year than with this man as your WWE champion. Kevin Owens interrupts. He says that he wasn't being disrespectful to Lashley because he hasn't thought about anything he's done in the last two years. But he says, look, myself and even Seth Rollins earned our title shots. You have not. And choo-choo, it's a promo train because, well, Seth Rollins is on his way after Owens calls himself the greatest superstar in history, saying that he wanted to give the fans a champion they can be happy about. And he was going to go to Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce. That brings out Rollins, as I said. Uh, he says, we can't start the show without the star of the show. That's him. He does give props to uh, Lashley's outfit. Uh, but as much as he despises Owens, he's got to take his side. He doesn't think Lashley should be in the title match either, just like Owens shouldn't be. Uh, MVP points, points at them and says, you're both terrified. Um, Lashley says, look, if you don't want me in the match, just simply come to the ring and do something about it. Um, Owens says, look, to Seth, let's work together. We can we can beat him up. They can't take both of us. Seth says, absolutely. You go first, though, because, you know, I'm in a suit. <laughs> Uh, this brings out Big E. He says, you're all idiots. Look, I beat you to become champion, Bobby Lashley, and then I beat you again inside of a steel cage. i got no problem doing it all again. Out comes uh, Postman Pierce and Sonya Deville, and they announce that Lashley will be added to the title match at day one, but only if he can defeat Big E, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens in singles matches tonight. And Lashley Miserable here, man. has no problem with this whatsoever. No, I so I hated some things. I liked some things about this. MVP and Big E specifically here earned their crust because we've kind of talked about this before. All material in WWE is bad. All of it now. How it goes over is entirely dependent on the delivery of the wrestlers in question. Becky Lynch is doing it on a weekly basis, but they did it here as well. Um, because you can tell. Because when those... And I'm not picking on Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens every week, just this week specifically... They couldn't elevate the rubbish material. Adam Pearce couldn't elevate the rubbish material. Just two workers could, and they were great at it. I really didn't mind the what was to be the show-long story of Bobby Lashley going through these trials and tribulations. Because I think we've all agreed that like the babyface turn has 
be pretty cool. Yeah. They've sort of alluded to it anyway with the video package. He's like, he's just the exact same Bobby Lashley, but you're permitted to cheer him now because he kicks ass. Like, he's really awesome. He's a Bobby, like, they wanted you to love Bobby Lashley as much as we do now, all the way back in 2007, and you just weren't ready to do it, and now we are. Because so, he had no character. Yeah, like, this show-long story is a perfect way to set him up as a babyface. They would stumble with that later on in the night, but I like... I guess we'll get to that later. I liked, fundamentally, I liked what they set up. And we give them enough stick for lazily just, well, it's official. Like, Bob, a graphic decides that yeah. Bobby Lashley is in a title match. This is the closest WWE ever get to making getting a title shot worth something because he's got to actually go through a process to earn it. And do you think the reason why they did sort of drag this out throughout the entire show was the injuries that have caused the delay in the RK Bronerman, because I suppose that would have taken up a lot of time as well. Well, in any given week, they're starving for content, you know, whether it's highlights or, oh, we're going to have to redo this match that we said was going to open the show in the main event as well. So, they're, like, in any week, they're always looking yeah. to fill that time. But, yes, probably in the same way that was it there was a clear Jeff Hardy-shaped gap on SmackDown mm-hmm. that they had to make a couple of things. Maybe that was the case here as well, yeah. Um, it did nothing for me whatsoever. As much as I agree with Hamlet's point that you can't just simply beat people up and get a title match, you pretty much can. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's they a, make the rules up. It's yeah. an absolute... Uh, just an out means out. So you have this storyline, which, by the way, we've had to endure for the last, what, month of our lives, where there's a little game playing out between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, who's trying to outwit the other, who's trying to manipulate the other, who's trying to get the other to disqualify themselves or the other opponent to get to this match. Someone, anyone, doesn't have to be Lashley because there are no rules, can just simply chin people who are in a title picture or are the champion. That draws the attention of these idiot admin staff who, by the way, who's the babyface, who's the heel, no idea. Who do they, who do they think are the babyface or the heels? I've got no idea. But they're they've terrible got, now, both of them. They've <laughs> got ideas because one of their catchphrases is, that gives me a great idea. So I could be Boa. I could be anyone from NXT. I could be anyone languishing on main event like a Ricochet or whoever's on Raw. T, but no, he's on SmackDown. A- anyone. Just chin the challenger for the title. That challenger is going to get annoyed He's going to express this annoyance in the opening segment. That's going to draw out the authority figures who say, well, that gives me an idea. If he's got a claim to be in the title picture, he can have a few matches and try to get in it. Like, it's just the loophole of all loopholes, mm. the plot hole of all plot holes. Just, I've said this for years, like, just, this is why we, if you are a long-time listener of this podcast, go back or recall our issue with the Alistair Black character it was, as it was originally written in the singles role on the main roster. This tit, this moron who frankly can't be blamed for watching WWE television, sat in a room, spouted some six-form poetry, <laughs> and said something to the effect of, I'm begging for someone to pick a fight with me. Idiot! Just go out there and chin someone and you'll get a match. <laughs> That's all you have to do. That's literally all you have to do. Um... Wins and losses mean any nothing. The last three weeks of your television experience or watching the show means nothing. A fatal four-way match means nothing. It's filler. It's rubbish. It's promo train. It's matches to build to a match. Plural on one show. Like killers. It's not a plan. Kill me with a rocket to the elbow. <laughs> 
batter you to death with your own just so, I, just so I can get the relief and then the other relief of her death. It's it's not a plan. Like, the joy of getting to watch a well-booked wrestling show is seeing the end destination and then working out maybe how they're going to get mm. to it. The plan was, very clearly, the triple threat. Vince got bored of it. It's like, who have, who have we got? Well, Bobby Lashley's around, make it a four-way. Right, well, how do we do that then? Well, now you've got a... Like it, you've got backwards engineer the reason for this four way and you get this raw. Like I, I don't mind praising a one night story, but let's not pretend that this was the planned day one main event six weeks ago. Yes. The planned day one main event six weeks ago was probably Seth Rollins versus Big E. Got bored of that. Got bored of the triple threat. Got bored of the four way. They're lucky there's only two weeks left. Otherwise, they'll be making this a six pack by the time they have got the To put my Michael Sidgwick head on for a second. Uh, also, what would the main event have been had either Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens pinned Bobby Lashley? Ooh, good point. Would have been Miss TV. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as well, we know, would not have drawn. No. Um, August, yeah. <laughs> we got a recap of what happened last week with uh, Riddle and commentary bollocks and WWE reporting stuff and Otis beating him up. And then we go backstage, Riddle is picking at his blazer and Orton rocks up and he says... Randy, I've been watching tape. And Orton says, oh, it better be on, on the opponents, not just, you know, old WWE stuff and you wearing this bloody blazer. He says, look, these titles need to be top priority for us. And Riddle says, oh, I was thinking we could do some other stuff as well, like become podcasters. Careful. There's only one person who runs that game. Yeah, but you know where he'd end up in the charts, don't you? Yeah. 420. <laughs> I get jokes. <laughs> They reference Pat McAfee making loads of money. Well, not quite as much money as we do. <laughs> he says they could be rich like Scrooge or become shamans and give smooth life advice. Oh, that's the ST. I totally forgot that happened. Love this, right? Because there was a point where Raw was pitiful, because it always has been for two decades, but NXT was white hot. So somebody would make the tiniest reference to a wrestler from NXT or whatever, and you could hear the crowd. It was like the new ECW show. NXT, and it was just this excitement, this frisson. Like, so he said that, like, an entire audience gone, huh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Nobody's watched. Nobody knows what he's talking about. Uh, anyway, Orton says no to all of that. So stop hanging out with jackasses. This is the jackass on SmackDown. Good. Uh, 4th of February, put it in the diary, Sige. That's when we're all going. Well, the lads gone. Jackass forever. forever, baby. Yes. Um, and anyway, he talks about being focused on Otis, and Riddle says he's going to be thinking hard about Otis, and he says, look, if you do well tonight, maybe I'll consider putting a sports coat on again, and they wander off together. Uh, and then, Owen, do you want to say anything about this? No. No. Okay. Uh, Owens and Rollins are backstage complaining to uh, Postman Pierce and Sonya Deville, and uh, Big E said, I'll retain at day one, no matter what happens. They were just being bitchy little heels. But it did seem like a little bit more of themselves rather than just scripted stuff from mm. the beginning of the show here. So we'll allow that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, here was when we found out that the RK Bronament was going to have to be suspended, quote, due to injury, mm. which is specifically two weeks injury. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. <laughs> And then we got uh, Riddle versus Otis. Um, Otis just chucking Riddle around here. A lot of the power game, you know. Orton cheerleading from the sidelines, but a lot of the time, you know, Otis's power game would catch up to Riddle, even if he did manage to get the odd shot in. Uh, he also slammed Riddle into the barricade, taking him to a break early on in the match. When we come back, uh, Riddle is rallying, and uh, Orton is cheering him on. 
Uh, he dodges a charge, fights back with strikes, um, but he's setting up to look like he's going to hit a finisher. He's going to set up for the for the RKO, and Randy's cheering him on. Oh, Otis blocks it, immediately hits him with the world's strongest slam. One, two, three. Post-match, Orton gets involved, tries to hit Otis with an RKO. Otis pushes him off into Chad Gable, who eats the RKO. He'd been at ringside and was tempted to get involved until Randy Orton just looked at him. Um, and then Otis takes out Orton with a back elbow and stands tall. So this entire RK Bronerman is to lead to a match where the number one contenders are probably going to be Otis and Gable. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's uh, just another WWE storyline diversion. They'll fill the time if they have to. I wish I could like anything in WWE without feeling like I'm ruffling its hair or telling it, look, we're fighting for you in that staff room. Like, I wish I could just earnestly <laughs> enjoy an act without having to justify the countless awful things this act has already done. Because I think Alpha Academy is such a great act. I think in the old days, Alpha Academy would make all the sense in the world, would get over massive, would stick around for years as a cool, like, mixed-skill tag team. I, I don't want to compare them to the Heart Foundation, but look, it's obvious there what you've got. One power guy, one supreme technician. This would work 10 times out of 10 in every version of WWE but this one. But this one for the it's last. Just small. Well, okay, well, that's the problem. Like, it just this should be so great, and it's just like everything else. Fine for now, gone very soon. Just like the RK Bro match against them, that'll be great. But who can possibly care about it? Because there's an RK Bronerman that should be determining who are going to be the challengers. Instead, they're going to have to do singles matches to build to the tag match. All of this would be so much better on a functioning wrestling show, and that's. So often I take away, but it's specifically so when you're dealing with the, the caliber of work that is potentially on offer here. Good act, bad show. Like, the ingredients are there for Alpha Academy to be totally ace, but who've they ever beat? Who've they ever beat down in a pretty distressing scene or a wild angle? Well, the Mysterios, because obviously father and son couldn't kick together. Who have <laughs> they cut, like, a great promo on? Much like... Every WWE actor just simply kind of exist without driving anything forward or without doing much of anything except working the odd match here and there. Um, it's wild. It's lucky for them. Personally, I don't give a toss, but it's lucky for them that Riddle just gets sports entertainment to the extent that he does. If you look at the list of people he's been like subdued by of late, gets be off everyone. He got me off Otis for Christ's sake here. Yeah. He's meant to be like, people are thinking he's an outside bed for the Rumble or a future world champion. They pin him relentlessly. And when you see him get pinned relentlessly, you wonder, or you don't wonder, you no longer wonder why so little of this actually works. Just pin this guy all the time and it means nothing when an act with potential like Alpha Academy, pin him because he gets pinned all the time and uh, it's just a numbness of this is not an isolated incident. There's been tons of those acts, especially in tag wrestling, because we know what Vince thinks tag wrestling, that like bear out Sidgwick's point there. You know, you think of, off the top of my head, like American Alpha or Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable or Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Just like, like there's so many of these examples <laughs> where this happens all the time and it'll just keep happening. They're just there. <laughs> Doing really good stuff that doesn't get a reaction. It was a bad show to be a baby face, this one. Uh, well, unless you were Bianca Belair, who took on Dewdrop. Actually, it was still bad to be Bianca Belair, but we'll get to that. Um, <coughs> Dewdrop, uh, again, the power game dominates Bianca Belair early on. Uh, she put her upside down at one point over the top rope, wrenched her legs, and then just kicked her in the head. Um, 
Follows that up with an elbow drop to send Bianca Belair to the outside and take us to a break. When we come back, Belair fights back, uh, but Dewdrop hits her with a Mishinoku driver for a two-count back suplex, two-count. Uh, Dewdrop goes up top to hit the Vader bomb, but Belair crotches her counters and hits a power bomb off the top rope, followed by the 450 splash for the one, two, three to earn the victory over Diaby. Um, but as Belair celebrated, I don't really know how this worked, because Belair pinned Dewdrop, walked up the ramp, celebrated, and then Dewdrop jumped Belair from behind on the ramp. Teleportation. Can you imagine how this must have looked in the arena? They'll do that thing where they sideline the loser down the like side of the ramp while Belair celebrates going up it. Like nobody gets out, do they? The, who could give a toss about any of this? So Bianca Belair wins a match that would be better in any other promotion. It's one of those pairings where you think, God damn it, Bianca Belair in a competent promotion that gets pro wrestling, that gets the storytelling of pro wrestling, that just gets the passion of pro wrestling and the way it's all crafted, and that wants to impress. That this doesn't decentness as well. This that's division's thing. on his ass, and this was like better than decent. Actually. This is better than decent, and yet in another promotion, it would be so much better. It would be fire. And then Bianca Belair wins. Good. I thought, oh, that's that done then. They made her celebrate for so long. They make you resent people, like, passively <laughs> with their, just the way that they do these stupid things. The second she was doing this for more than five seconds yeah. and the camera fixed on Bianca Belair, I'm thinking, you deserve to get beaten up. <laughs> I don't want to think that about a baby face. It's meant to be like an injustice. They're meant to be cheating. They're meant to be like underhanded. And I saw her celebrate for more than five seconds in one position with one camera angle that you meant to... The, iron, the irony is, is that you're meant to be blindsided, much like Bianca Blair is, and you're not, you're mm-hmm. not blindsided at all. You can see everything coming from a mile away. And th- when she celebrated for that long, I'm thinking, <laughs> they, they you drag deserve out, it. They drag out attacks on a three-hour show. Make them wait. Yeah. Wait, that can, we can wait at least another 15 seconds here. You also kind of can't do this. It made me think of your point, Cedric, about if you, um, if you lift the ceiling off the yes. AEW building and you see all the wrestlers in the queue to do the attack, you sort of can't do this. Because you're not supposed to think that it is as simple as running down that side bit around the back of the Titantron and then you're back out in Gorilla again. You have to imagine a giant curtain that hides a giant locker room and people at opposite ends of the buildings. And otherwise, why is it just not a constant like parade of run-ins, brawls and attacks and all that sort of stuff? That really reveals something that you're not... I, it's the invisible wall, but just another part of the building. You, you really can't think of this sort of stuff. Otherwise, it lifts the lid on everything else. And this could be one of the last times we see a DJ happy because <laughs> uh, I, th- I believe I read somewhere that WWE have gone to trademark Piper Niven. Thank Christ. Well, where's Piper Niven from? Scotland. Right. Do you want to start workshopping the accent now? <laughs> well, it's either that or she's going to be given some sort of like Pied Piper gimmick. So she drops down to NXT. Oh, this is your thing. I don't know about you guys, but this wrestler wants to win the belt. It's <laughs> not so bad. <laughs> uh, come on now, let's get back come to Monday Night Raw. Let's move away from silly accents and get on with Monday Night Raw. So Kevin Parker's <laughs> chatting to Kevin Owens. Uh, Kevin Owens says, this entire situation is trash. The fact he had to wrestle Lashley first is trash. The city of St. Paul, Minnesota is trash. And he's going to put an end to this by beating Bobby Lashley right now. Sorry, hang on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sorry. Going to have to go all the way back the way about it. Was Kevin Patrick speaking to Kevin Owens or was Kevin Owens speaking to Kevin Patrick? Because I just can't keep up with all the Kevins. <laughs> I can't keep up with all the Kevins. 
To be fair, I was having a chat with uh, the missus the other day, and she kept saying they, and I literally said, pronouns, pal, who are you talking about here? <laughs> Genuinely, why me up? Because I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about here. They, they, they. She's got a point. Uh, now, <laughs> something you probably skimmed past was the announcement of the 15 college athletes as part of the WWE Next in Line program. Bill, Did you spot that? Did you spot anything about that? Nah. Did you spot anything? Go on. Oh, you missed this, did you then? One of them, I don't care about the rest of them. Well, I do. Best look to them, what have you. I did like the fact they were like, people won't understand, you know, that these are college athletes, so make sure they put their trainers over their fucking shoulders so you know that they can run track. But my favourite, my one I'm tipping for big things, you've heard it here first, Dalton, what? Wagner. He got hard. <laughs> I got Dalton. He's going to be Vaughn and Dalton. Wagner, we got hard. I don't know if you're related, but don't care. I mean, that name's getting changed, so... Dahl Wagner. Dahl and Vaughn. The Wagner twins. Art. Um. (laughs) I love this. I saw this last week, and I'm glad we've got an excuse to talk about it on the podcast, because I love... Couldn't be further away from, like... Yes, people used to mock it, rightfully so. All your indie favourites get signed, then you see them in a picture in the performance centre t-shirts, and and it's like Triple H is just higher than X6, basically. Couldn't be further away, could it, like... College athletes, <laughs> big people. Like I'd love that, but yeah. With instead of probably a football guy running, just like <laughs> no neck. Here he is, property of the performance center, replaced by nil. <laughs> just incredible. Like you can't do anything. <laughs> I was doing research for an article the other week. They've been doing that property of stuff for years and years and years. Mm. I was um, looking for pictures of the Funkin' Dojo. Mm. Takamichinoku, right. Pretty experienced guy, like trailblazer. Property of Michinoku Pro. Yes, <laughs> property of Michinoku Pro. Please <laughs> in the name. Uh, pretty experienced, experienced after um, Blazer Trail. So a property of WWF. You know the um, yellow and blue yes. T-shirt. <laughs> just give them to these poor bastards on their first day. Jeez. I mean, if that's logo, I'd get that tattoo. You know what I mean? I <laughs> property of that specific version. And in amongst all this, we see Gable Stevenson in the front row. Uh, he's got his gold medal. He bites it. The crowd pop for him. Uh, Owens is not happy, but uh, Lashley and MVP bump fist with him. They've clearly got big plans for Gable Stevenson. Seems that way. He was just a huge name. Was, like, was there a bit of a? I don't know. Was this even real? Or was it whipped up? Was there a bit of a bidding war? And were they kind of glad to get him? Is there a sort of sense that they pat themselves in the back that they won this one? The I think this guy is so talented as a wrestler that he could have done UFC potentially. Right, yeah. So I think they've actually, he's a coup. Mm. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Anyway, then we got the first match uh, of Bobby Lashley's gauntlet, I suppose. He faced off against Kevin Owens and just battered him. Dodged a senton from Owens uh, on the outside. Tackles him into the barricade. Owens, though, recovers. Super kick in the ring. Sends Lashley shoulder first into the post. Cannonball. Senton. One count. <laughs> Owens hits a tornado DDT. Just about gets uh, a two count. It's not quite a near fall by any stretch of the imagination. Lashley fights back, though. Uh, shoulder tackles, a neck breaker, a dominator. Um, Owens tries for the stunner. Uh, Lashley blocks it, hits a spine buster, sets up for the hurt lock. But before he can actually, well, lock the hurt lock in, uh, Owens taps out to protect himself, as he said later on, from injury ahead of day one. And Rollins is watching backstage, and he's furious, Michael Sidgwick. Didn't he hit the finish? Yeah, I quite like that. Finish makes sense. If you're going to have to do obligatory matches to get to the match, instead of crafting an actual storyline, you might as well not pin Kevin Owens or submit Kevin Owens in such a way. And the way they arrived at it means that Kevin Owens has an excuse, so he's not an idiot or a weakling. It's a decent and well-thought-out version of a stupid thing. Yeah, I liked all of this, because I thought the match earned that finish too. The one-count kick-out. Owens having one go, basically, at trying to beat Bobby Lashley, realising he couldn't, and then thinking, right, what's next? And I like to think, headcanon perhaps, that at this point... As soon as he's in bother, he's going to take the tap out. Not just to preserve himself for day one, but to preserve himself for the plan that he then concocts for mm. later on in the show. Again, it's sort of to go back to the... I don't think they pulled it off that effectively by the end of the night, but when they came up with this idea, I guess these like these labours of Lashley for the night, I think they thought most of it through well enough yeah. to get through an entire roll. And I, I quite like how that was beneficial to the next bit too. I like it when heels are giving credit like that, like in terms of Kevin Owens going, well, I'm not going to thrash around and potentially yeah. get some sort of neck injury from the hurt lock when we're, what, two and a bit weeks away from, from day one. I remember <laughs> the dreadful Iron Man match, Cena-Orton, that they did. The only the vague good memory I have of that is when Orton got, was ready to get put in the STF and just immediately went, yep, no, I'll tap out, yeah. see you later. And then, like, I don't know, twired him with a chair or something. I got like, an hour. Like, I yeah. can recover. Well, Owens as well. There was a, a tiny bit of LTST here because the very way he got into this match would how we try and get Lashley out of it in the next bit. Yeah. So it's within reason to think that this is how Kevin Owens operates. This is very much in character for him, at least. You can't necessarily apply it to everybody, but you've, Owens has sort of earned your respect in that regard. A, I'm not sure if this is this match or the other one, but it's a bit where... I think maybe he did he attack Lashley at the beginning. I can't remember at the beginning of this. Mm. MVP still on the apron, and there's a bit where I was like, "Oh, maybe he's gone to do that to see if MVP's just going to go swing at him and then 
He's yeah. done, done the right thing. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's move on. Uh, Veer Mahan is coming to Raw. No, dear, that's wrong. And then we get a <laughs> Becky Lynch promo. She comes out uh, after they've recapped everything that happened, obviously, with the, the title match last week. She said, hey, last week was a big night for Liv Morgan. She had a great match, uh, but I'm still standing here as champion, just as I said I would be. Uh, some people were happy that I retained. Others would have been happy if Morgan won. But if Morgan had won, the fans would just find some reason to dislike her. Um, uh, you've got a lot of opinions, you guys, on how I should do my job, Lynch said. You've never been in the ring. You've never changed the game. You've never broken down gender barriers. Big heel. Um, they uh, bring up that photo of the disappointed Ginger fan uh, from last week saying, oh, yeah, get used to it. Get used to pulling faces like that. I'm going to be champion for a long time. This, of course, brings out Liv Morgan. She says, the fans are tired of hearing Lynch's broken record. The fans aren't doubting her. The fans are only doubting Becky Lynch because that's why she cheated. No, sorry. The fans aren't doubting Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is only doubting Becky Lynch, which is why she had to cheat. Uh, and they showed the picture that, that uh, Morgan had brought with her of Becky Lynch holding onto the ropes. In amongst all this, we have to point out the Becky Lynch fan that they had to punch the shot into a void because she was Liv Morgan's there like, babyface, hero of the people. And there's just one girl going, no, boo, and like sticking her tongue out. And they're like, oh, don't show that, obviously. <laughs> These people are sick of you apart from her. <laughs> Everybody got, else. She's got like a doll and a T-shirt. <laughs> the biggest super fan heckling Liv Morgan in the middle of her, I'm here for you people. Anyway, uh, Morgan believed in herself just like that little girl did, not the one on the <laughs> ramp. Uh, so she challenged Lynch to a rematch at day one, and Lynch said, I didn't cheat because I had to. I did it because it was easy. It's your own fault for not being ready. You should have seen it coming. You don't have the killer instinct, which is why you did nothing about it. This sends Liv Morgan into the ring. She tackles Lynch, knocks her down, knocks her out of the ring. But once they're out there, Lynch shoves uh, Liv, Mor Liv Morgan into the post and uh, traps her arm in the steps and stomps on it and kicks the steps and what have you. And uh, Lynch gets on the mic and says, well, unfortunately, you've got this sudden injury. But I tell you what, I will accept that match for day one. Now I'm going to go home and hang out with my hot husband and my beautiful baby. You might need some ice for that arm, Michael Sidgwick. I mean... What an oppressive view and experience this must be if you give a toss. I don't, so it's just, uh, it meant nothing to me. And then um, you realise, oh, every single baby face has just got, like, battered or humiliated or injured or, like, beaten up from behind or whatever. This continues to be an incredible problem because they are telling the story as if Liv Morgan's the underdog and the crowd's favourite. Liv Morgan, like, and I don't blame her specifically, but she's just delivered the record law Record low mm. viewership and demo. She doesn't get a reaction in the arenas. Um, there was a genuinely, perversely amusing visual reminder of where the sentiment of the crowd actually is here. The material isn't good enough. They are telling lies to my face. It's all a bit rubbish, this. I love not only when WWE can't control, control the universe, but they can't control the WWE universe. It's very <laughs> satisfying. I get their thinking but they don't necessarily understand what their type of storytelling illustrates. I understand that backstage on a piece of paper, the idea that a heel will only take a rematch when, they put them, when they're at an advantage, but it's less than ideal when the heel creates that advantage for themselves. <laughs> like it's, I can't think of an analogy, but yes, Becky Lynch is like the letter of the law. She's a bit of a coward for only taking a rematch when Liv Morgan is injured. Does it really count if you're the one that's caused the injury? 
Could they not have arrived at another way for Liv Morgan to be disadvantaged, for then Becky Lynch to be the cat? Like, she's done the damage. Uh, they don't think about that. And it's insane to me that yeah. they don't consider that detail. Like, because like, Vince McMahon's this horrible arsehole bully that loves, has uh, spent his life only, re- not wanting to crush competition, wanting to crush the competition that's an easy fight for him, an easy win. But he still wants to be then chaired aloft as yes. being the winner of this like easy battle. And that's how he's portrayed Becky Lynch here. They couldn't have had Liv Morgan. Instead of this, instead of all of this, well, Liv Morgan has had to cut a promo in front of a fan that despises her because she likes the supposed heel. Could they not have had Liv Morgan wrestle an extremely competitive match and then walk out the ring selling an injury? Do you know, like as a baby face might, like limp or something, like arm stuff because it's Becky Lynch. And then have Becky Lynch decker from, you know, the top of the ramp, exactly as Doodrap did, because we know that this goes on. Just the fact they had to do it this way around is so dense. It's People aren't going to boo this character. They're not going to boo Becky Lynch through this. It's the opposite of Cody Rhodes, but they haven't acknowledged it, basically. Yeah. Like, Cody's being like, I'm a baby face, and I'm like, boo, but it's all, you know, we're all sort of know that they, they're aware of it, at least. Becky Lynch is like, I'm a baby face, uh, I'm, a, I'm a heel, yay! Stop yaying me, please! <laughs> This town sucks. That's all they have to resort to, basically. Just to remind people that she's married to Seth Rollins. Uh, just to get her to It's been an absolute non-starter from day one. Yes. Yeah. Um, right, AJ Styles getting interviewed by Sarah Shriver backstage, talking about his issues with Omos and Omos getting himself counted out and, and eliminated from the arcade Bronum, of course. Uh, he said, look, it was you know disrespectful that, that Omos walked out because uh, he walked out after the end of the match, obviously. But he wasn't ready to give up on their team. He wasn't going to put the team under Bian. Um <laughs> He uh, said, look what, look, what, look at the potential that Big George's got, uh, especially with his guidance. He's had a long career. He's never seen anyone like him. Uh, he didn't team with Omos to help his own career. Uh, but he wanted to see Omos succeed. Omos walks in, says, are we good? He says, yeah, I'm not giving up this team yet. And they feel the same way. And I thought, good. Yeah, yeah. Good. AJ Styles is would be thick. I mean, we know he's thick anyway. But in character, he would be even thicker than we used to from him to have almost believe there is a problem. He should be scared of him. He should be absolutely terrified of him. So you're led to think, well, how is how are these two going to fall apart? You know, like what age what age are going to have in his back pocket that he can actually turn on Omos and not be terrified for his life? Liam Mahan. There's your answer. He's going to wait for Liam Mahan to show. I got a new guy. <laughs> I knew, but I don't need you anymore. And then there's your big giant match so that Vince can get the elite level pro wrestler out of the way and get to what he wants, which is big guys. His name is Veer. But in all seriousness, this is good because AJ cannot reveal that he's got any problems with this guy whatsoever, otherwise he'd eat him for breakfast. So I like this a lot yeah. and I want to watch it play out. Rare that I would say that about WWE. Maybe his catchphrase, this is how they're brought together. Maybe Mahan's catchphrase is. You mess with me too much, and I'm going to veer off the edge. And then <laughs> the AJ starts, so there is an edge. I knew it all along. <laughs> Pop those brakes, man. <laughs> um, and there's frozen walls and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they call it a North Pole if you couldn't climb it? <laughs> Uh, right, continuing with Monday Night Raw. Uh, 24-7 champion Dana Brooke. Oh, that's a coincidence. Uh, she's walking with Reggie through a park. He fucking loves parks, doesn't <laughs> he? massively loves Jesus him. Christ, Reggie. See, I tell you, I like parks. Yes, we got it, Reggie. 
you want to go with us? I wait. You think you want to have a drink for meal? Swings? <laughs> <laughs> Did he want to shagger in the park? He uh, he said. She said he's doing good at the seesaws. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was offering her advice on how to retain the twenty four seven championship. Don't walk around parks. Probably. I've got it. Well, she needs to lose it to somebody that can then lose it to a man. If a man ever another wants like to, a shot of the title because they're skirting around the yeah, side yeah, of the yeah. nobody, she's going to lose it to Alexa Bliss in a park on the swings who can fight Randy Orton. Christ's sake. Done it. Crack the code. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Reggie wants to bone her over some hot chocolate or something, and uh, they walk past <laughs> uh, Kira Tazara and R-Truth, who's dressed as a tree in a snowman. <laughs> It's the worst stuff ever. Reggie fights for them because I don't know. I don't know. I thought they weren't going to attack her, but now they are. Um, and then Tamina grabs Dana Brooke, and they're on like a bit of an icy pond bit. Brooke, <laughs> Brooke runs off. I did. This was my favorite bit of Raw. Brooke runs off behind a snowdrift and jumps off a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tamina tells them to stay out of the way, and they do the whole you, you, you. Thing. Her delivery here was pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be too harsh. Wait about a second! It. Whoa, 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 whoa! Tamina delivered her line badly. She right, so she's trying to address both Try. of them at once. Try. So she's going stay out of my way. So she, the stay out is in one direction, and the way is in the other. But because she's a bit useless, <laughs> it instead comes out stay out of my way. <laughs> I mean, Christ almighty. That's so Honestly, good. Go <laughs> back and watch Dana Brooke jump off the trampoline behind the snowdrift. And I, if you don't laugh, there's something wrong with you. She's like, way! <laughs> I'm like, Reggie! <laughs> Not at all. I, don't, I really hope in my mind they went, so you're going to run behind this and then you're going to bounce off the trampoline and do like a front flip like Reggie. And she just went, wee! <laughs> <laughs> Um, we could do one of those videos where it's like the roller coaster, but it's Dana Brooks promo. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one with the? Uh, it's Ian Curtis. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Ian Curtis, and there's uh, Billy Corgan as well. Uh, right. Then we got uh, an odd couple tag team: Damian Priest and Finn Balor versus the Dirty Dogs. Skip. Skip. Theory got involved, distracted Balor, and he got pinned. There we go. Enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it. <laughs> Do you like your com- a compilation that Rain's made for you? Of all the noises. Yeah, I added David Lynch and said, sample this. Jesus Christ. Will not play this throughout in the office the other day. Yeah, yeah. I was willing for the return of the crazy frog man. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, yeah, should use that. It's nightmare. <laughs> anyway, if you want to uh, suggest a five-star review, review uh, that's short, crap, and wrestling, subscribe to What Cult Dressing on iTunes and leave us a five-star review, just like Mitchell Baker did, although Mitchell uh, did email this to me. I'm adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But do the do the iTunes thing as well. It helps us up the charts. I mean, You didn't even leave stars. I mean, we're top of the charts, but it helps us, you know... <laughs> Day. 
It helps us, you know, keep Riddle and Orton's new podcast. Yeah, way, way, way down there. Uh, Mitchell writes, Hi, Adam and the Dadleys. I don't use iTunes, but I listen weekly to the podcast on a certain other platform, Spotify. Uh, I wanted to suggest a five-star review as my fiancé and I have finally booked a date for our wedding. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, This was a few months back, so hopefully it hasn't happened yet. Um... But, I, yeah, we'll be all right. It's, it's, yeah, we've only got married within the last two months. It's fine. Congratulations to you, Mitchell, and the... Uh, Sorry, Maisley. <laughs> I just realised as I said this. Anyway, as a lifelong wrestling fan, I wanted wrestling to be one of the first things I managed to get her to enjoy that I already did. The first wrestling she watched was the episode of Raw, Dangerous, where Finn Balor beat Roman Reigns to earn a shot at being the first universal champion. You got two absolute super hunks in that match, so it was a bit of a slime clever maneuver ripper of an episode wasn't it yeah <laughs> when really anything good. seemed possible yep. um she was however already familiar with the world of wrestling through the sorry state of a, ch- a show named total divas but don't panic i've just realized by the way as i'm reading this review that we just ignored this and have done an episode of nxt who's, who's we you read you not even my emails <laughs> are your emails about this We'll do it anyway for you, Mitchell. Mitchell suggested the people power era of John Laurinaitis, but instead we're going to do NXT. It, well, it, it's sort of the same era. Yeah, okay. kind of. It's his, NXT was indirectly his fault. There we or go. Actually, very directly his fault. Um, thank you guys for being a core part of our shared interests as we prepare to get married. Your podcasts and videos are essential viewing slash listening in our household. Keep up the amazing work. Yours sincerely, very professional of that, Mitchell Baker. Thank so, you, Mitchell. We will. Do more John Laurinaitis in this segment. We were going to do the Definitely. big. We we're going to do the big show one, but we did that. We did that recently, didn't we? So instead, we want to talk about yeah about uh, NXT. Hamlet, you found this clip for us. Tell me all the backstory to the season one finale of NXT. We'll be on a while, and I really need a piss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Sidney was giving me this small platform. You used to refer to me as the NXT shill in mm-hmm. the days, the Wednesday Night War podcast. Oh and god, I, yeah. I resented it slightly. Because it was just like, oh, I just like what I think is good wrestling. And there were definitely periods where I thought NXT was good wrestling. I think you were right. Because I've been chanting, NXT, NXT, since 2010. <laughs> I was so fascinated by this horrific, horrific wrestling show. To the point where um, it moved around in the schedule. So that I, I don't think by the end of season one, I could be wrong about this. Um, those American listeners of ours will be able to correct me or if they even cared enough to watch. I don't think you could watch this outside of Europe um, on television by the end of Series 1. Maybe it was Series 2 or Series Mm. 3, but certainly by the end of its run, the NXT Redemption era that we still kind of fondly talk about now, um, Derek Bateman and Johnny Curtis and the like, it was definitely just online only on WWE.com. But you could watch it over here in the UK. Sky Sports... You clearly weren't informed about the specific small print details of their WWE contract. <laughs> Would still air NXT in a slot. It was this WWE show, and they had it. And often, just random segments of NXT will will come to me, and we'll be in the office, and I think, oh, that might be a nice inspiration for a list or for mm. a conversation on a podcast or whatever. And you flagged up today. I think in your defence, I think you did mention to us about people power, and then I think it. It somehow got lost in the yeah. shuffle a little bit. We were talking about that era. And you're like, oh, what about like NXT from that time? So I just, I went, a little Rolodex in my wasted brain that should be spent on like people's birthdays or important family <laughs> events. And instead it's just trapped with wrestling bollocks, just cycled around until it landed on this. And this particular, this was a segment of NXT 
where um, spoiler alert, Wade Barrett wins. And they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna get to Wade Barrett winning by various ways. They need to fill the hour, which is by eliminating the other finalists. Um, the other finalists that will feature in your recap that I'm very much looking forward to was diving into were Justin Gabriel and David Otunga. And you look at these three, and if you don't remember who else was on this series, you can sort of see why they've made the final. Um, luckily, I stumbled upon a clip that reminds us who else was in this series. And there are a lot of reasons why all of the wrestlers that didn't make the final could have made the final. But a couple of specific moments stick out here. This was the last moments of what should have been the last episode of NXT. But they continued on. They watched this and thought, what we need is three more seasons of this. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? I also like the fact that I, I remember this happening, this season starting. And in my mind, it was between this and Tough Enough. And I went, well, I'm watching Tough Enough instead. Yeah. So I didn't watch any NXT. <laughs> I went, mean, I was Kevin Owens and Sammy. No, nah, I watched Tough Enough. I made my decision. <laughs> I decided back then... I'm going to watch Tough Enough, and, you know, we'll wait and see when Andy Levine debuts on the main roster. You because know, he won, and then he got stunned, and no one cared. I'm not overstating this. I, to this day, and think of the grandest covers, Fiend stuff, pandemic cinematic stuff, I have never been more baffled at what this company is capable of upon watching the first season of NXT since I was gone on it. Like, it is gone. It, it's bizarre. It is like I watch it now and I'm still sort of left slack jawed by how they can. It's a promotion that can't promote. What was it like watching this? Won't. Won't promote, I yeah. Didn't, didn't watch it, obviously. Seeing Brian Danielson being brought in and then being like, look at this little guy. We'll put him with the Miz, a real star. So the two things happening in the same week Brian Danielson, our guy, our avatar that might have justified why the show existed. Gets called Daniel Bryan, which now is fine. You just say it. You know, names always stick in wrestling. Dolph Ziggler, he'll never main event WrestleMania. I mean, he never did, but it's not because he was, wasn't called Dolph Ziggler, you know. Daniel Bryan, when you first heard it, you just like, you can't believe the neck of this company. You're just like, you are waiting for, like, Steve the Stinger to finally <laughs> be the last WWE holdout. <laughs> Borden Stevens, you know, if he was on 2.0 now. You, you just cannot believe they've got a Daniel Bryan in them. For me, though, the weird thing about Daniel Bryan was, and this is how browbeaten you get as a fan, and yet this is how expectations are lowered so much. When they called him Daniel Bryan, which is obviously a riff on his actual name and his ring name, you think... They must like him a little bit. Maybe I'll invest in this one. That was my thought process yeah, at the I time. I guess so, especially because when you later hear that, like, they were given, like, he, that was partly his creation. He's just rattling off these surnames, of, and the, the best one ever, still love it now, Buddy Peacock. <laughs> Got knocked back, and it's like, they wouldn't let him go there as Buddy Peacock. And he just thought, I'll, I'll get that over. Like, just as a just as a bit of fun for himself, thinking he'd get it over. Pairing with the Miz, like, couldn't have been more WWE, but again, to sort of echo Sidgwick's point about being, being the rookie and the pro, Miz and Danielson. You might have looked at it and shook your head, but you didn't look at it with any shock. Mm. That's what watching enough of this will do. I think we were long past the point where you would go on a forum and just lose your mind about it. Or the person that did was still newer to this, and all the old boys like us bullied them off the forum. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild west out there, man. Uh, well, thankfully, Brian Danielson isn't in the final. He didn't even come anywhere near it. Um, but the finalists <laughs> were Justin Gabriel, David Otunga, O-A-O, and Wade Barrett. Uh, and Matt Stryker, the brilliant host. Oh, God, man. I tried to watch Triple Mania. Uh, what was it? They did a second Triple Mania, or I had a funny name this mm. year. 
what if I'm not really, I don't keep abreast of AAA this much. Because the reason why is one, you'll get some thrilling matches, yep. and you'll get some totally ridiculous bad. Like Triple <laughs> Mania is one of the shows of the year. Appointment viewing for me. Was that the one? <laughs> the <laughs> Vampiro. <laughs> Vampiro burping and farting or whatever. Like, I'm a total casual fan. It's like what <laughs> WWE fans. Oh, I have to watch WrestleMania. It's like I have to watch Triple Mania. <laughs> Within five and a half, turn off. Matt Striker is such a tosser. <laughs> like my God, he's commentating, and he's—I don't know who the co-commentator is, but he's trying to get something out of him. So I. I'll put Striker over. He's trying to get blood from a stone. It's like, this is a match between wrestlers and fighters. Because it's FTR versus Lucha Brothers. And he's saying that FTR, it doesn't work. Because mm. FTR's not really skilled. It's just a different style. It's Matt Striker's an idiot. So what do they bring to the table as as fighters? And then the guy says something. He goes, what do they bring to the table as brawlers? I shut your f***ing mouth. <laughs> you f***ing patronizing <laughs> Every time we do an old NXT thing for this, you watch it and you're just struck by a man walking around with a confidence of like a Pat Patterson. Uh, (laughs) As if Vince ever watched this once, he'd probably be like, Who's that little guy? And just <laughs> yeah. like, and like he walks around like nobody, as well we've known. Like, Stand up for yourself. Yeah, you've got like, you got like five guys. personality? Max, that have got like jobs for life in WWE. And like, with all due respect, even in his golden era, which was probably with like, what, Todd Grisham on ECW? Like, real sweet spot for those two being like, dare I say it quickly, claim for five seconds. Certainly wasn't here. As like a game show host, he was like, these scruffy old tossers. Like, not like me. Not like WWE's Matt Stryker. It's so the confidence he's got. I, I almost begrudgingly respect yeah. somebody that can... I'm not calling him a grifter, but with somebody that can have yeah. that much confidence in a spot that is so far from safe. I what admire that. as a fighter? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he goes up uh, to ringside. The, the three finalists are in the ring, and he says he wants to find out... Uh, wants to hear from the people, sorry, who know the rookies best, their fellow competitors. He says, who should be eliminated, okay, to get from three to two. Michael Tarver stands up and says, one thing's for sure, whether I'm in this chair or in that ring, I am the product. (laughs) 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 What? And he says, if I had to choose anybody, I'd choose me. Sorry, what? He actually (laughs) wanted to be eliminated, so Matt Stryker realizes, that was too much of a hard question. For the next guy, I'll make it easier. Thankfully, the next person is Daniel Bryan, who's just me, obviously, and he says... Daniel, who should win? I hate him. How dare you, striker? Just as well, like, just before we move on to this incredible moment, Tarver's um, energy, <laughs> just completely misread the room. We thought, I've absolutely nailed this. Radio silence. Matt Stryker looks confused. <laughs> Michael Cole, you can, like, hear him almost being held back from, like, I'm, I'll kill him. Let me say something. Let me say Let me hear gong. <laughs> Daniel Bryan gets on the stick and... Uh, parental warning here, there's about to be a murder. He says, well, David O'Donnell... <laughs> 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 he says, well, David O'Donnell, he can't wrestle. Justin Gabriel, I'm sorry, buddy, you can't talk. That leaves one person. Great Barrett with the conversation. <laughs> Doesn't even put Wade Barrett over. He goes, well, my process of elimination, <laughs> Wade Barrett. It's fantastic. <laughs> These idiots had the nerve to say that he had no personality. <gasps> he oh, just... Uh, he, the way he, like, he pretends like he hasn't thought about it. Well, um, you can't wrestle, you can't talk, that guy. <laughs> Just, oh, I love Subtext. it. Subtext. All of this is awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every bit of this. Uh, then we get to hear from Skip Sheffield. I wonder what happened to him. 
Uh, oh, ironically, he says what I'm thinking. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Darren Young, get ready. My money's on Wade Barrett. He's built for this mentally. He's built for this physically. He's going to prove to each and every one of you people here in Dallas, Texas, they are a bunch of haters and you're wrong. And he gets a slight bit of booze, to be fair. This is louder than anything that happened on this week's episode of Raw. <laughs> it's like fair play to him for like taking a lot of notes. It's very bootlicky, this, isn't it? For like a kind of... How am I gonna not legit get a job here? What are the three or four things I need to put in a promo to try and get one? Again, if there's a chance that Vince is watching this tape, I like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he made some good points. I like the the casual swagger that Heath Slater got. I think Heath Slater's like my second favorite after Brian here, where he's like, they'll hire us for Summit Boys, don't worry. <laughs> he just steps up, sweeps his hair back, and says, uh, Well, I've been in the ring with each one of these men up there. I guess Wade Barrett proved it tonight. Uh, I'm sorry, people, but it's obvious. And then, yeah, so we go to the pros poll. Was this presumably they had to all vote on who they yeah, thought should stay? Who should win and lose. Uh, Barrett's obviously out first, and he just sneers. His, voice, his face doesn't really change throughout this entire thing. Um, it's almost like the guy who looked like he's built for WWE <laughs> is going to win this competition from day one. But anyway, uh, and then it's revealed after a such a long drum roll. It's like, get on with it. Get to the point. Uh, David Otunga's second. He's got Vajazzle on the back of his head, I've realised as well. I didn't realise until he celebrated. Jesus. Uh, and Justin Gabriel is unfortunately third, Michael Sidgwick, and therefore he's eliminated. He is eliminated. He cuts a hell of a promo afterwards, <laughs> Yes, though. he sees that. Uh, <clears throat> gets the mic. Um, <clears throat> just get into character. And she knows Okay, he says... I'm just a kid from South Africa. <laughs> I'm just a kid from South Africa living my dream. As Matt Stryker so eloquently put, <laughs> the, the, the dream is over. But you see, it's not really because I'm the most tenacious person I know. I'll keep coming, Vic. I'll make, this, I'll make it in this company. I've had some ups since the I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I've had some dance. The next take, but I'll keep getting up. I felt flat on me. Confess. But I'll keep coming back because someday I'll be world champion. Uh, and uh, he's unfortunately eliminated. Matt Stryker loves to tell people to get Animal Bond's impressions of uh, do not reflect the values of Michael, <laughs> Michael Sidgwick. That's very eloquently put. <laughs> um, Job meat. I also like the fact that Matt Stryker, oh, I noticed this, he always used to be like, get them out of the ring. Yeah. He was like, I'm sorry, mate. Sorry, you've lost. Now piss off out of the ring. <laughs> Justin Gabriel walks back up the ramp. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, Matt Hardy's there to put a comforting arm on his shoulder and say, Justin, one thing that I've seen when I looked inside you, into your soul, into your heart, into your will, is that you're very much like me. Justin Gabriel may not have won NXT, but Justin Gabriel will not die. You'll be back. This door may have closed, but kick another one open. You're a good guy, and you've got a great future, man. It's, and then the music starts playing, and he gets a little bit thrown. He goes, oh, is this... The <laughs> <laughs> best Justin Gabriel Matt Hardy moment is... Tell when, Matt Hardy to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, he, like, Justin Gabriel will be part of his entrance. And you know how Matt Hardy stands on the middle of the ropes rather than going to the corner, and Justin Gabriel does it too, and then inadvertently low bridges Matt Hardy. That's falls so out of the funny! Ring. If you haven't seen this, go and Google it. It's fantastic. Well, oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Can we go to the comments section? Uh, the clip that we watched didn't have comments, but I found a, a, an NXT worry. season one. There was, there was still you can still find him. Um, these do not reflect the views of myself, the Daddy Boys, or anyone here at What Culture Wrestling. Uh, Mackedge writes, I miss these days when WWE's exciting and NXT was a good show. Nine years ago, that was. What would you pick? Would you pick this, or 2.0? Ooh. This one's 2.0, got Tony D'Angelo, there's no choice, baby. Uh, 2.0. Yeah. Uh, Hamza, summing up each person's character, right? Skip Sheffield, feed me more. Darren Young, millions of dollars. David Otunga, drinks coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Difference of opinion, though, because Jason Rhodes... Right, looking back at the first season, no offense to Wade Barrett, but I think David Otunga should have won. I think he could have been the next Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock. <laughs> God damn it. These people aren't allowed to tell me that my output is bad. <laughs> They're not. Uh, You're not qualified to do that. Uh, Ida writes just out of nowhere, I'm with you, Wade. Gingers have got no souls. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ida. Uh, and finally, the final comment. Uh, does not reflect the views of myself, the Daddy Boys, or anyone on what culture wrestling. Um, slightly off topic. We're not talking about NXT season one rookies. We're talking about one of the pros, one of the pros who we've just heard from, in fact. Uh, Jack still won't let this go. Wrote this comment nine months ago. Lita was every boy's first heartbreak. We loved her the way Matt did. Then she showed us the dark side of women, bitch. <laughs> Jack, mate, let it go. So, that, <laughs> so when did you write that comment? Nine months ago. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, Christ, that's genuinely disturbing incel energy, that. Anyway, thank you to, uh, to Mitchell Baker for suggesting that. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling rated for us to review instead of a oh, God awful rules segment. Uh, do that by subscribing to us on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. Uh, what came next? Where are we? Oh, God. Yeah, so much to go through. I'll, I'll try and speed this up. Yeah, hold on, hold Because I'm hungry now. Uh, Nikki A.S.H. Uh, she's shown a bit of self-doubt. She's you know, lost a bit of her confidence. She admits she hasn't been sleeping well, but Rhea Ripley says, hey, turn that frown upside. Turn that frown upside down. Um, <laughs> she says, I want to be in a team with you because of that spirit you've shown. You won money in the bank. You beat all those other women to win money in the bank. You cashed it in. You beat Charlotte Flair to win the title. Even I haven't done that. I want to see that Nikki again. And Nikki went, yeah, great. Let's go out there. Um, oh, I was going to have some fun with Queen Selena's promo, but I forgot to write it down, and I just don't care. And this match went 50 seconds. <laughs> so it was Queen Selena versus, versus Rhea Ripley, and Nikki took all that emphasis, had a fight with Carmella, ran into the ring, distracted Rhea Ripley, and uh, got up in. Dark side of women. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with this team? Well, they can't coexist eventually. I don't, I, to, I don't mind it. I'll say it again. I feel like I said it a lot on this podcast. If they could book, if WWE was a wrestling promotion, if, 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 this might be all right. Like, at the moment, there are two characters that are kind of, you can see why Nikki A.S.H. has got a crisis of confidence. And as with this stupid character to begin with, we're not being critical of her performance mm. of something. It's just the kind of book. Uh, Rhea Ripley should, like, be in more important things than this. So it feels like fluff and nonsense that a character like Rhea Ripley shouldn't bother her ass with. But at least she's nice. Mm. At least she's trying to be a nice person to a friend. Like, it's going to go one way or the other. Like, WWE's a horrible company, so they might do it where Rhea Ripley just snaps and turns on Nikki before Nikki can, 
like lose so much that she herself finds that like in a crazy version of herself. But either way, like they're, they're telling a story. They probably just won't finish it. Yeah. I think Rhea Ripley's going to win the Royal Rumble and be like, anyway, enough of all that bollocks. Uh, they've done it before. Like, tag team, even tag team breakups, which they love because nobody can coexist. Half the time, they never pay those off. Mm. If my auntie had wheels, she would be a bike. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know Tony Yeah. Uh, Owens offered to be in Rollins' corner for his match with Bobby Lashley. Uh, he's Rollins in one name. Anywhere is, near him. There's two goons, aren't there, at this point? Mm. It's it's not not entertaining, but it's stupid for a while. I did like what happened in this. So Rollins gets battered a bit by Lashley. You know, bails to the outside. Owens turns up, turns around, and just punches him right in the face. <laughs> and Rollins, oh, what have you done that for? And of course, ref, ding, ding, ding. That's a DQ. Automatic win for Seth Rollins. And suddenly he's like, oh, genius. Well done for punching me in the face. And I was like, yeah, I was thinking about that for like, WWE has been a rigged, stupid game for 20 years, and every now and then the wrestlers figure out how to yes. win it. And it's so satisfying when it's they do. Fantastic. So thing. satisfying when they figure out that this is all thick. This is big, idiotic nonsense that every now and then, if you just call her outside the lines, things are dead easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, out comes Postman Pierce and Sonya Deville, uh, and they say, ah, we're not, it's not going to go down like that on our watch. So, are you baby faces now, or what's happening? Regardless, let's restart the match with. No DQs, and I think, oh, maybe we've got some interesting, uh, you know, no DQ, intriguing, you know, heel, heel versus heel, I think. Maybe. Doesn't matter. Uh, Ron's turns around straight into a spear. One, two, three. Bobby Lashley advances to face Big E. So uh, if he beats him, he heads to day one. Yeah. Um, right. Over to Michael Sidgwick now. Backstage, Vince is talking to Apollo, uh, Apollo Crews and uh, Commander Aziz. In comes Austin Theory. Sorry, where was that chat, by the way? I, I wanted a, at least a full segment of that. And what a tease that we couldn't get him speaking to Apollo Creed. I'd love that. I guarantee <laughs> Vince was like, you're staying in character whilst we're in this room. <laughs> um, Theory barges in. He says, oh, do you see what I just did out there to Finn? He, he was the one who distracted Finn Balor in that tag match we couldn't care to talk about. Uh, and Vince says, you know, what do you want? Do you want a, a pat on the back? A trophy? My autograph? He was like, no, I've just, you told me to go out and impress you. I did that. And it's not, it's not impressing Vince, basically. Um, he said, look, if I had a match, I could really show you what I'm capable of. He says, well, what do you think you're doing barging in here? We're not friends. What? And he says, well, can you do, the, can you do that as, as, as Vince, please? Just, just that line. That's all the only thing I need. And he says, well, I just thought, Vince, if, if you saw what I'd done. Shut up! <laughs> but... Right, this is the good thing about this segment. I'm glad someone wrote this down, because I couldn't understand a f***ing word. <laughs> well, I kind of could for a while, right? I was like, he's remarkably coherent as Vince here. And uh, poor old Blighter. Shut up! Like, really takes it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could see my like, oh, God. Oh, you're mad, He basically said... He hasn't got any friends. He gave his vocal cords a fucking beating. You better win the rumble. I won the rumble. So you can win the rumble. I'm going to fucking beating. He says, I've got the. I won it. No, no, no. That's what's the style of the time. I don't like your student athletes. He's going to use the most deadly weapon in the world. He pulls out the pencil. Theory doesn't get it. And he says, the eraser's very important. The eraser. <laughs> the razor head. Is that 
What's he talking about? I have no idea. Should we move on? That's an old um, Booker's quote. Yeah. Ter- territory Booker thing, wasn't it? It's like trying to like neg a talent a little bit. The old, like the way wrestlers work for a million years is gaslighting. So it's like, oh yeah, being a Billy Big Bollocks, are you? Just scrub me off the booking and take out the main event. Austin Theory's not even booked tonight. You have to run in to get on the show. He's like, but you've already rubbed me out. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Trying to move something you've already done. What? <laughs> you're new around here. Well, actually, I'm not. I was in that Selena Vegas. You're new around here. You watched a goddamn WrestleMania. My dad told me the garden would always be the garden. I still don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Vince has ever actually been in a garden. <laughs> he just thinks they're 20,000 seat buildings. You've got a garden in your back. How? I got a big garden on a sea. I called this sexy bitch. That's a <laughs> that's a boat, Vince. Oh, it's a sea garden. <laughs> <laughs> right, time for Miss Sea House. <laughs> no, he has different words for everything. It's his sea house. Sea houses. That's why he always comes up. He's going to buy Newcastle because he can't play the sea houses. <laughs> 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 Google. Google. Too many syllables. Go and bing. Go and bing. Go and ask Jeeves about CR. Anyway, Miss TV. Hosted by Maurice. She's back. She's back, lads. It's good again. I should have. It's good again. <laughs> she, uh, yeah. I used to be an old forum catchphrase. New boom period. Adam, Adam, <laughs> Adam Wilborn is slowly becoming unleashed. And it's <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Stop. Like... Stop unleashing yourself. She slags off Minnesota saying, you never see women like me around here. Um, and then she introduces Miz, who reveals the first inductee <laughs> to the 2022 Hall of Fame himself. Video package for this story journey throughout WWE, winning at WrestleMania, etc., etc. Uh, and there's the Hall of Fame music. There's champagne there to be toasted. Um, and, uh, yeah, they toast him defeating Edge at day one. And unsurprisingly... Uh, and sending him into permanent retirement, by the way. This obviously brings out Edge, gets a huge reaction, of course. Uh, he says, sometimes the squeaky wheel doesn't get the grease. Sometimes it just squeaks and squeaks and squeaks and squeaks and squeaks. And Miz tells him, oh, please, God, shut up. Stop this. He says, oh, is that annoying? Yeah, it's, that's what it's like listening to you, basically. Um, mm. <laughs> he said, people might appreciate Miz more if he just shut up. He thought... Miz is kind of overcompensating by being an obnoxious jack-off. Um, he just said, look, you probably will end up in the Hall of Fame one day. I mean, everyone will. They really run out of names quite quickly. <laughs> um, but he's not taking him lightly, but he was going to lock... He was planning on knocking the stupid, constipated look off Miz's face. Credit to Miz. Perfect face as he said this. He's got a really great punchable face, Miz. Um Anyway, Miz isn't happy about all this. He chucks champagne in Edge's face. He attacks him. Edge obviously gets the better of it. Hits him with a DDT. Sets up for the spear, but Miz pulls Maurice in front of him. So Edge obviously stops himself. That allows Miz to kick Edge and hit him with a skull-crushing finale. It looks like Miz is going to stand tall, but Maurice, she is not happy. Uh, He tries explaining, and he had to use her as human shield, dear. Um, But she slaps him and storms off, and he's... Begging off after as this uh, segment ended. Why can't they just do an old-fashioned heat angle? This is good stuff until they added this wrinkle of sympathising with one of the heels because they're telling stories. Just do the bit before the slap, and Marie's is like, delighted. I quite like this. 
Now here he goes, my old women. <laughs> I like the I like the I like what they're doing. Like Miz can't be edge. So they've done this bit over and over again. He's like, oh, what's your problem? There's no problem. They're setting Don't, why do you like heat? Set, oh. Sorry, I got a bully ray over here. <laughs> <laughs> Show me a goddamn honest to God heel. Not one of you love to hate guys. <laughs> Not one of your popular heels who wants to sell the t-shirts. And I honest- want someone to power bomb their own fucking grandmother off the fucking stage. If you want to buy that guy's fucking shirt, you're doing it fucking wrong. Nobody bought my shirt because I was a good fucking heel. <laughs> It's the last one of the year. Yeah. You're going to up the swear counter a little bit. Sorry. The point I was going to make was they're setting Edge up. Maurice, like, Edge is going to be like, oh, looks like you've gotten some bother with your wife. You can't do that sort of stuff anymore. Like, you can't do your little tricks. You can. Maurice is setting him up. That's going to draw in Beth Phoenix to the Rumble rematch. Or maybe, yeah. That's as soon as everyone knows where Edge lives, Maurice goes around and kicks Beth Phoenix's head in. Eats a piece of fruit is enough. Uh, right. Time. I get your point, though. He, he's fundamentally good, regardless of. It, it, yeah. it would have drawn my interest in the man. I was thinking, what's happened with Reason, eh? Uh, Miz. And I'm thinking, I'd rather, what, I'd rather watch a pay per view and one team people want to fight. It's not about the match, it's about the match than the, like after the match. Yeah. It's about the mixed tag match at the Rumble, isn't it? More than it is a single match. Another baby vest getting dropped there, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Big E is in the back ahead of his match. Rollins and Owens are trying to like cheerlead him on. Big E rocks. And he says, just stay in the back. I'll beat Lashley without you. Uh, an MVP. Uh, speaks to Sarah Schreiber and saying that Lashley was going to complete his Herculean efforts and he was going to make everyone bow down to him at day one. So then we got the uh, non-title, no-DQ match between Biggie and Bobby Lashley. Uh, this was obviously lots of gimmick stuff in it. Biggie uh, beats up Lashley early on and then to use that opportunity to go and grab a table, but Lashley's not beaten down enough, so he knocks him down. Biggie fights back, hits an STO, Goes under the ring, grabs the table, sets that up. Um, but Biggie then turns around into a flatliner from Lashley, uh, who then gets a steel chair from under the ring, wedges it between the turnbuckles uh, of a different corner. Biggie comes back with some nice belly to belly suplexes, drives Lashley into the chair to take us to a break. When we come back, Biggie hits a vertical suplex, uh, hits an apron splash. Um, Lashley, though, fights back, sends Biggie into the post. He sets up a table next to the ring. Um, but as Biggie fights back and puts him on the apron, it looks like he's going to do that terrifying spear through the ropes to fall through the table. Lashley gets his knee up, uh, and then they fall, fight on the outside, and Lashley choke slams him uh, through a table. Uh, oh, the table in the ring, actually, for a near fall. Go to another break. Biggie comes back and drives Lashley into the steel steps. He also slams Lashley onto them. Looked a bit rough, that bump. Um, Blocks a hurt lock, but Lashley fights back and spears him. It looks like Lashley's got the match won, but as he's making the pinfall, in comes Rollins and Owens to beat him down. Big E doesn't want any of this. He starts fighting them off. Lashley and Big E are fighting off Rollins and Owens. Um, Big E puts Owens through a table outside the ring. Lashley spears Rollins through a table in the corner. and looks like we're finally going to get a fair fight to settle this between the two of them. And then MVP twats Big E in the leg with his cane, and uh, he hobbles, turns around into a spear from Bobby Lashley. One, two, three. He's run the gauntlet. He's won all three matches, and he, Michael Hamlet, is heading to day one as part of the fatal four-way for the WWE Championship. I'm not going to totally rag on this, because when Big E won the title, 
Bobby Lashley had sustained an injury, and this almost plays off that a little bit, is that it's going to come down to one of them being hobbled a little bit to be able to beat because they're so hard, and we've had this match that's bore that out as well. But it will be fair game to ask what we're doing here if post-day one, this isn't to further Bobby Lashley's babyface turn, that he didn't really... Just as he didn't want Owens and Seth's help, he didn't really want MVPs. He didn't accept the help. A, cir- a circumstance presented itself to him and he won the match as Big E did when he cashed in and won the title. So I'd like to think what we see in the future is this actually being the first chapter point of uh, Bobby Lashley being sort of done with MVP chicanery with whatever remains of the frigging hurt business, if that even does. Mm. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, if that's that, Great. But it's WWE, so it's really hard to have faith that they'll remember any of the, any of those little. They're not even. I've not even like dove deep into Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. There, they're just like relatively recent story beats that you can sort of draw some conclusions from. But if it is all that, I quite like it, and I, this is what I was trying to say at the start of the show. I think they found a genuinely engaging way, save for the Deville Pierce free hit. Of now we're starting the match again. Other than that, I thought this was a pretty decent show. A long way to get Lashley into the match. Um, I just knew you weren't going to pin your baby face. And I was just watching this. Like, the booking affects and informs the matches. That's what professional wrestling is. And because it's so rotten, and because it was... They put themselves into a position where they couldn't realistically deliver a clean result either way. So I was just watching some moves happen. Satisfactory crunch on some of them. Mm. Notwithstanding, waiting for the bollocks. And then the bollocks arrived, and... But we've gone from not great, pretty familiar faces in this main event, but Seth Rollins, I want to buy every near fall in that match, to uh, it's going to probably be a better match, more dimensions, that I don't think there's any doubt that Big E doesn't win. So I think I would, I would honestly legitimately call it a failure on those terms. Well, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch so you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. And if you want to suggest a five-star review review, just like Mitchell Baker did, you can do so by subscribing to us on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review and suggesting something short crap and wrestling-related. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to the Dadly Voice. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.